episode three of Orange Act, and I'm your host, Brent Piles, and I have got my partner from across the ocean and from the future. It's Glenn Abbott. Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing very good. Uh, yes, uh, we're visiting uh, the Royal Rumble part one tonight. We are. We're gonna. Re- I mean, I watched everything, but the. I mean, we're gonna review everything but the Royal Rumble in the main event on this mm-hmm. one, and then next week we'll review the the Rumble in the main event. I'm kind of toying with the idea of us just watching the Royal Rumble match. That would be a good idea. Let's just do it. I mean, fuck it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> We'll watch the Royal Rumble match. It's only about 50 minutes anyway, so it's really not all that long. So, And then we'll just discuss the main event a little bit, which the main event's not really that long either. It's only like 12 minutes, so, which is different for a Shawn Michaels match. <laughs> yeah, so it's slight spoiler alert, though, is that Royal Rumble's got more holes in it than Swiss cheese. Okay, the, no, the, like a lot of this show I don't remember, but I remember the Royal Rumble very well because I've watched the <laughs> Royal Rumble match many times, so I know that it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, who the fuck is this guy in the 1997 Royal Rumble? Yeah. <laughs> Which is right that's up my alley. That, no, yeah, that's without what happened at the end. But we'll talk about that next week. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the first part. So we are at the Alamo Dome. Uh, this took place on January the 19th in San Antonio, Texas. There was a tagline for this show, and it was, No more Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, oh yes, for Shawn Michaels. I would assume, because he was, you know, he's been such a nice he, guy. Because he'd been cutting promo. He cut a promo about that last week, didn't he? He did, yeah, he did. Say. He was going to sort out Sid because of uh, what he's done to... The Lothario family. Right. Uh, yeah, I assume that that's a bullshit. So this is the first of three uh, Royal Rumbles that will end up taking place at the Alamo Dome as the 2017 Royal Rumble was at the Alamo Dome and this year's Royal Rumble was at the Alamo Dome. So mm. I obviously re- like it. I mean, yeah, it must be. I mean, it fits 60,000 people in there, so why not? Yeah, it's better than the 2,000 we're going to get for money in the <laughs> whatever it is that we're getting. So... Uh, <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but they just had that uh, UFC card over there last week, right? With Edwards fought uh, Umar or yeah. whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, and that was at the O2, wasn't it? Um, yes, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to, I just want to cross-reference that. <laughs> yeah. But they gave two thousand free UFC fight is not uh, not unbelievable. Right. No. No. Absolutely not. When but you're talking. Talking about that they didn't sell out like a fucking soccer stadium, you know, not too yeah. far away, <laughs> not that long That's ago. Right. No, <laughs> um, well, you consider that, to, yeah, well, you consider that WWE fans packed out the uh, Clash at the Castle, and there they're expecting us all to cram into a 2,000-seater arena. Yeah, that's a bit strange. They, I mean, the majority of the UFC pay-per-views, the UFC shows that they have, they're the big shows are at the O2, aren't they? Yeah, because they, they don't get that many people. They're not right. that They're not that popular. Even if you look at the ones in the States, and I watch it regularly. Yeah. There's not huge crowds there. Right. Even, don't even, the huge crowds of like the big name fights that are in Vegas, and even then, yeah. nobody fills in until the main event starts. That's right. And then there's only sort of six, seven thousand. There's not sort of twenty, thirty thousand people. Right. Right. 
Well, the the opening of these pay per views back in '96 and '97, they always had these really cool like black and white uh, promo videos, and then they had that dude with the you know the the, the booming ominous voice, you know, mm. and, he, and he would do that. And I always thought that they were really cool, but I didn't find this one as cool as I did of some of the ones in 1996. It just seemed everything about this just just so over the top for Shawn Michaels that it yeah. almost makes you not like him. Like you like that's, him less. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, I don't know. I just there was one didn't work for me. No, and then I've got a note here about Vince as he as he goes into the intro to it, and he starts off an octave just about a slight octave lower than dogs could hear him. <laughs> he started off so high, and then finally sort of dropped down into his usual voice. So about got, excitement. Yeah, he just got too excited. He was way too excited. Uh, yeah, it, it was just for like some of the stuff they said in that promo video. He's like, "Oh, on that night, the boy toy grew up," and I was. It just yeah. made you made you realize that I don't think Vince McMahon knew exactly what a boy toy was. He had no idea. No. He, thought, he thought that it was an actual toy. I think by that yeah. statement, he wasn't. He wasn't aware of sure what a boy toy means. He doesn't even know. Hadn't he already been with Sherry by this point? Yes. So that, that was when the boy toy grew up, I would have thought. So she, she's going to make a man out of the boy toy. If anybody could, it would be Sherry, right? Mm, that's right. <laughs> so, Glenn, I, this is a, I listened to the Something to Wrestle With that was about this show, um, and the, I didn't know this, but I found out that this was the, actually the first ever show where JR wore the black cowboy hat. I guess he had never done it before. Uh, I guess there was like a big point of contention between him and Vince. Like Vince wanted him to wear a cowboy hat, but Vince didn't. Uh, but Jr. didn't want to do it because he felt like it would make him like a caricature. Caricature, you know yeah. what I mean? But <laughs> he finally got him to wear the fucking hat, and now you can't get him to take the hat off, which I thought, which I thought that That's was cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. In the last years, he became the character that he fought to, fought against. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's worked out for him, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Show kicks off with an Intercontinental Championship match. It is Hunter Hearst Helmsley defending against Goldust. This is actually the second year in a row that Goldust has challenged for the Intercontinental Championship because he beat uh, Razor Ramon at the 1996 uh, hmm. Royal Rumble for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, so Hunter Helmsley usually brings a beautiful woman to the ring with him, but he didn't have a beautiful woman this time, did he, Glenn? No. <laughs> the exact opposite. <laughs> he had a big black Mr. Hughes with him. He did the butler. The, the yeah. butler, Mr. Hughes. <laughs> that was the funniest part. He wasn't the bodyguard. He no. was his butler. He was his butler. Nothing says butler like the way Mr. Hughes looked. Did you notice that when they did the, the, the promo for this, just as they were coming, because they all seem to do a promo as they're coming to the ring, so you never yeah. actually get to see anybody's entrances. Yep. I'm not sure, but I think it was the first time that he was actually referred to as Triple H. I might have, I must have missed it. I don't know if I heard him say it. Mm. Yeah, he, he was actually referred to as, as Triple H, and I'm pretty sure that's the first time that, he, that anybody said that he was Triple H on it. Right, and I think I think he kind of breaks away from the Hunter or something. Gets kind of more towards the Triple H as the year goes on, anyway. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, I also was... found funny that during this, uh, before the match even started, they inform us that Superfan a few Superfans, Adam and George, who've been <laughs> waiting the Al Alamo Dome for upwards of six weeks for the Royal Rumble, have been thrown out by security. So, <laughs> I love the way the Vince blames the, the Alamo Dome security for this. 
<laughs> a terrible misunderstanding, and Jared the King Lawler is laughing his ass off, which I <laughs> Somebody just suddenly realized that after all this time, they shouldn't have been there. Right. <laughs> it was like getting in six weeks early wasn't the problem. The problem was were you being there when the show has actually started? And then you yeah. guys have to go. <laughs> <laughs> So no, I was hoping like Adam and George were just two random people, two random actors, but I guess they were guys who worked in the TV studio for WWE. Because like, wouldn't it be cool to somehow if these were just two random guys or actors to somehow find them and interview them on this? But they worked for yeah. WWE, so that's never gonna happen. No. <laughs> but I just thought that'd be funny. Like, where are George and Adam now? They should make it up. They should make stories up of what happened to Adam and George. I wonder what the actual uh, thing was. That they were supposed to end up doing, right? Because you had all these weeks, or these last couple of weeks, where we've seen them and they're built up to the fact that they've been there forever. They've been waiting to, to for it for all of a sudden just to stop the story by Vince going, "Oh, they've been kicked out of the building." <laughs> yeah, just just like that, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Uh... I'm sure that wasn't the the original creative idea. It couldn't have been. Yeah, no, it couldn't have been. That There was no payoff on that thing. Yeah. I think they actually, they said that they showed them on the free-for-all, which I scoured the internet to try to find this free-for-all so I could watch it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. I found I found free-for-alls to many other 97 pay-per-views, but not to the 1997 Royal Rumble. So the most the thing I was most upset about, Glenn, is in the dark matches, they had a, a minis match. Uh, um, and I don't know who, I know Massa and Grata Jr. was in the match, and mini mankind and mini vader and i was very upset that i didn't get to see, <laughs> didn't get to see me. that would have been we would have actually got the mayor in on that one that's right that would have been that would have been a watch along match absolutely <laughs> it would have <laughs> so uh gold does first triple h it it started off hot i mean but there was there was many many times probably where both guys should have been DQ'd. But early on, yeah. Goldust gets Triple H outside. He picks the ring steps completely up and drops <laughs> them on his back, smashes them right across the back. Which like but, I, I've been watching wrestling for a lot of years. So by that point, I don't think I'd ever seen anyone go full fledged like that with the steel stairs. I just don't think I'd ever seen it by that point. Ninety seven. But do you blame him? He's got the guy there that just kidnapped his wife the week before. True. <laughs> He's finally got his hands on him. I'd kill him. <laughs> well, he certainly attempted to with the steel yeah. steps in the back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a it was a good match. It started off good. Um, it was probably better than most of the action that we saw on the show. At least I thought so. What do you think? It, yes, um, and it was good that they didn't actually announce it as a no holes barred match, but. They sold it on commentary that basically the referee is going to allow it to go whatever they wanted to do to each other. And, and and really, as you go throughout the night, it's going to kind of be a theme where the referee is not completely enforcing all of the rules. And so... Oh, have, control. Yeah, not at all. And like you can get mad about it in the first match, maybe, <laughs> but once you see it in every single match, you're like, well, I guess it's just consistent. It's like when, when, you, watch a, when you watch a football match, Glenn, right? And the referees are kind of letting the guys get physical. Yeah. They're letting it go the whole game, though. That's just the way they're calling it. So that's just the way mm -hmm. it goes. So it's kind of like that here. That's uh, it. There was a sign in the crowd that said, Wade is the king of karaoke. And I got to know, Glenn, what's your go-to karaoke song? Um, Grease Megamix. I don't know if I know that one. Which is, um, it starts off 
with you're the one that I want. Oh, then it goes into Grease Lightning and then finishes up with Summer Nights. That's all good, in a sort of a mix. I got, I got it now. It's it's a Grease it's a Grease mashup, is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. Well, that see that's good because most people know the words at least some of that yeah. song, so you can get everybody else singing with you. That is it. That is exactly why when I used to do karaoke regularly, that was that was my go to because let the other people do the work. <laughs> Smart. Smart. I don't. I've never sang karaoke in front of people. The only karaoke singing I do is in the shower. Um, <laughs> also, in the middle of the goddamn match, in the in the goddamn middle of this match, line, in the middle, they just decide, <laughs> well, we're going to cut to the crowd because we've got to enter. We've we've got to interview this country singer. <laughs> we've got to get oh, yeah. Colin Ray. <laughs> yeah. Interviewed by Todd Pettengill in the middle of this match. <laughs> I was thinking, who's this? Who's this guy? <laughs> never heard of him. I was going to ask you if we'd ever heard of Colin Ray. No, but no. no. <laughs> if you if you enjoyed country music in the 90s, you're going to remember Colin Ray from such songs as Little Rock, which he did a rendition of um, <laughs> during this. I'm not going to fucking sing it. Like I said, I don't do karaoke except in the shower and I wouldn't sing Little Rock. So um, look it up yourself if you want to hear the words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, match ends when Mr. Hughes tries to distract the referee so Hunter can use the intercontinental belt, but then Carlina gets before, up on the apron. Oh, I'm sorry, go before, ahead. Yeah, before that, um, we had the first um, incident with the guard row of the night. And this comes back in another match where, where Triple H had gold dust draped over the guard row, goes to knee him and misses him completely and smashes his knee on the guard row. Yeah, that was stiff. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was like straight kneecap to steel. There's like no way to not make that hurt. That's <laughs> I mean, this was a really physical, hard-hitting match. I mean, it, the finish was kind of screwy, um, but I guess you can't get mad at it because it is a heel champion. So, like I said, Hughes tries to distract the referee. Hunter tries to use the intercontinental belt, but Marlena gets up on the apron to stop him. Hunter, of course, being the man that he is, kisses her because that's what you do if you've got mm -hmm. a woman up on the apron. Uh, Golda somehow gets a hold of Marlena's cigar and stuffs it right in Mr. Hughes's face. Um, yeah. And he fell off the apron, never to be seen again in the WWE. Uh, Hunter hit a clothesline to pedigree <laughs> for the rim win. Um, it was a pretty good match overall. I just, it started to get a little bit crazy with them not, you know, following the rules because it, it just became like a grievous. Yeah. Like I said, as the show went on, you became more okay with it because they, they did it in every match. So. so it was a decent start to the show, I thought. It was. It was a, it was a good start. Considering what we'd watched the week before on Raw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anything would have stacked up better than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then periodically through this thing, we got many uh, Royal Rumble promos from guys who are going to be in the Royal Rumble. And I'm going to play a couple, from one from Birthday Man Hart and one from Mankind right here. You know, there's a lot of people that are talking about how I'm going into this Royal Rumble as sort of a marked man, that everybody's going to want to get me. But, you know, that's nothing new for me. I've always been a marked man. And in this Royal Rumble, the way I see it, it's no turning back. I can't go back any further. I've already taken too many steps back. So in this Royal Rumble, there's going to be no stopping the excellence of execution. There's going to be one man standing at the end of this thing, and it's going to be me. Most people see the Royal Rumble as a chance to get the shot at the World Wrestling Federation title. I see it as a chance to hurt a lot of people that I don't like. 
and even some that I do, <laughs> it's going to be a nice day. I love that, <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, that background <laughs> one is so good. Okay, mm. <laughs> uh, beat up people that I don't like, and even some that I do. Some that I do, yeah. He, he doesn't care about winning the championship. <laughs> he didn't look at him. He pulls his own hair out. <laughs> See it. I love mankind when he first came along. Yeah, he was. That's some really, really good stuff right there when he first came in. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I mean, even as even I was like twelve or thirteen when he first came around. I'd just be like, "God damn, this guy's freaking creepy." But I had to see <laughs> everything that he did. I remember I was like awestruck by the first Boiler Room brawl. I don't know why. I, like I watch it back now, and it's okay. But like it's just weird because there's no commentary. But as a kid, I loved it. I thought it was the yes. coolest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> This weird guy in a leather mask cutting early promos in the basement. Right. <laughs> with a rat. Yeah, with a rat. <laughs> a rat named George. <laughs> All right, the next one, Glenn, is a blood feud between Farouk and Ahmed Johnson. Farouk mm. heads out to the ring with many members of the, the Nation of Domination, and even a young D'Lo Brown. Did you see the young D'Lo Brown? I did, see, I did notice young D'Lo there. What was his name when he was in Smoky Mountain? Did he have a name? I don't think he did. He, just rolled with, he was just with the gangsters, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. I, oh, oh, hang on. Uh, what did they call him? There wasn't. Really, I'll, I'll look him up. I I'm really can't. dating it back there. So they got like a video package explaining <laughs> the whole Ahmed Johnson Farouk feud. Basically, uh, Farouk thinks Ahmed Johnson's an Uncle Tom. Excuse me for using that term, but that's just the term that they used. Um, I was a huge Ahmed Johnson fan when he first came in in 1996. I think that our friend DC mm. Matthews can agree with me on that. There was just something oh, about Ahmed Johnson that I really, really liked when I was a kid. But I also was super intrigued by what was going on with the Nation of Domination just because that wasn't really something that I had seen in wrestling besides, I guess, the NWO. But like a big faction like that, that's not just something that I had I'd really seen a whole lot of uh, in wrestling, so I, I always thought they were really cool. And then they had like a rap song when they came out, and I'm, I was a I was a young kid from Nebraska, so I thought rappers were cool. Uh-huh. They did. They uh, when they build him in um, Smoky Mountain, he, he was downtown D'Lo Brown. Oh well, then. <laughs> Any relation to downtown Julie Brown? <laughs> Who knows? She's British, wasn't she? No. Gentile Julie Brown wasn't British? Nope. God damn. I well, I was very young back then. I thought she sounded British. I guess I was She wrong. might well have been sort of Canadian or something. That... She was she was she was British Canadian. Mm, something like that. <laughs> the the first thing was that Farouk had these really weird oversized pants on, which uh, I'm yes. adjusted and ripped off. Which I was glad with because I don't like those weird pants he was wearing. No. Um, uh, I don't know. This was pretty this was uh, what did you think about it? Um, it was a payoff to what we'd been seeing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, there was all that nonsense at the end where he just walked away and left one of the unknown members of the Nation of Domination to be mauled by. Yeah. I mean, again, this is, this is like a physical match too. But like mm. any Ahmed Johnson ba- match you go back and watch is by 
the fifth or sixth minute to the match, he is like the ultimate warrior. He's gassed. He is. You can just yeah. tell that like, he just doesn't have anything left after about five or six minutes. Uh, that was the same thing here. Like I said, physical match. So there were, you know, a lot of shit happened in this match. This is the one, Glenn, where I began to realize that this referee, these referees were just weren't disqualifying anybody. They just no, that's right. Tonight. Um, no, they did eventually because the whole of the nation got in the ring. Right, because Farouk just said, fuck this shit, I'm out. He took a spine buster from Ahmed Johnson and just said, fuck this shit, I'm out. Uh, and yeah, it ends with a disqualification to Ahmed Johnson. Uh, he Then he got one of the Nation of Domination members who tried to seem to uh, talk uh, Ahmed Johnson into joining the Nation of Domination. And uh, Ahmed Johnson said, no, thank you. And then put that man through the, uh, con- uh, I think it was the French announce table. French. Yeah, it was yeah. the French announce table. And that guy actually looked like he'd been through a mincer. All his clothes were shredded. And he was... It really did. It looked like it looked like he got robbed. It looked like Ahmed robbed him and yeah, pockets out before he put him through the table. It really did. Um, and then we went to another uh, Royal Rumble promo, and this was a really this was a really good one. It's from the old fucker. You know, there's faster wrestlers, bigger wrestlers, stronger wrestlers, and younger wrestlers than me in the Rumble, but this is my state. Do you realize that Terry Funk is Texas bred and Texas fed, and I was born to Rumble? You know, there's faster wrestlers, bigger wrestlers, stronger wrestlers. And- Sorry, I didn't mean to play <laughs> twice. I thought that was a good one, too. He's ready to Rumble. Yeah. He, I, I just want to point out that at this point in 1997, uh, Terry Funk is 53 years old. <laughs> and I believe he's going to go on to main event the first ECW pay-per-view later in 1997 and win the world title. So, And he was still wrestling up to a few years ago. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? Uh, and then we got a very confusing backstage promo with Farouk where he was very upset with a couple members of the Nation of Domination. One who looked to, to be, you know, four foot tall and probably weighed 120 pounds. <laughs> yeah. And he was demanding that they stayed out there and defended him. But I don't know if he saw the guy get his ass whipped that was defending him. I don't know if he missed that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just ignore that. Short. Just ignore that fact. Yeah, it was just so short in this. I just didn't understand why they even needed to have that promo. It was like collateral damage. Yeah. The, the guy laying on the French announce table was just collateral damage. Yeah, I know. He, well, at least he didn't have to get yelled at because he was, you know, in an ambulance. Um, yeah. <laughs> the next match we got, it was a Vader taking on the Undertaker. I noticed, mm. like, when Undertaker was making his entrance to the ring, you could hear like like sore like swirling winds, and I don't remember that ever being a thing. No. I remember sometimes you hear like thunder and lightning, but I don't remember the soaring winds. No, I don't know where that came from. Yeah. Somebody just decided that would be a good idea at the time and dropped it very quickly. Why don't we put a draft in there? Hmm. (laughs) Come on, goddammit. We'll get a draft in there. It'll be good. Yeah, Yeah, somebody left the door open. Right. (laughs) Well, it's an Alamo Dome. There's a draft in there. That's what it was. It was weird to see neither one of these guys was a manager. Of course, we'll get to the end where one of these is going to leave with the manager. But it was just strange to me to not see Cornette with Vader or The Undertaker now with Paul Bear. It was just weird. Off, off. Uh, before we started, when we were on the chat, now you said to me that this looked very slow-paced and then they didn't look interested. I think that was down to Vader having good calls not to be interested in this. 
Um, I did some research on this, and here we go. First of all, for WrestleMania 12... 13. No, 12. It was supposed to be Vader against Yokozuna. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Um, however, the match became a six-man tag match. They voted of Vader, Owen Hart, and the British Bulldog against Yokozuna, Ahmed Johnson, and Jake Roberts. Then... They were supposed to have a feud with Shawn Michaels for the heavyweight championship, which then got shunted to one side. Um, and again, he ended up teaming with Owen Hart and the British Bulldog against Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson and Psycho Sid. Oh, so yeah, that's yeah. twice That's twice he's been screwed out of titles. And then along comes 1997, and the first pay-per-view is this one. Um, he's not in the title picture again. He's up against The Undertaker. So it's no wonder he was pissed off and uninterested in doing this. Because it, oh, like, it seemed like Vince was really just screwing him around every way possible he could. Yeah, and he, he did have that championship match with Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 1996. And I've heard... You know, rumors that what was supposed to happen is he was supposed to win the Vader was supposed to win the championship from mm. Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series, but because of the way the match went at SummerSlam, Shawn didn't want to work with Vader anymore, and so they switched yeah. to Sid. And that's why they had like the last pay per view for December was in your house. It's time, which obviously that was supposed <laughs> to be centered around Vader because Vader <laughs> time for it's time. But then you had yeah. in your house, it's time, and no Vader on the card. And no so. Vader, so yeah, so so you can understand why by this time he was he was a bit pissed off with it all. Right, so you, you basically answered a lot of the questions I had while I was watching this because it, it just felt like neither one of these guys' heart was in this. Like, no. even when they were hitting shots on each other, it just didn't seem like mm. like Paul Bearer had the biggest spot in this match between yeah. Vader and the Undertaker. That's right. I, I, I realize it's two big guys, and I'm not going to see moon salts and shit. But these guys could go if they wanted to. Yeah. Uh, um, and now in Taker, he was probably actually siding pretty much with Vader on this. And that's why they were just putting a little effort into it. Take her there just because of the because of the ending, and it forwards the story with him and Paul Bearer. Yeah, purely that. Because Paul, Paul made his way out to the ring, he kind of distracts the Undertaker. Uh, one of the, another really cool spot of the match was like Paul Bearer comes out right, the Undertaker like he clotheslined Vader over the top rope, mm. and then he kind of slowly paced backwards, and he did that thing where he kind of tips himself over the top rope. Yeah, and he landed right on his feet, and then punched Paul Bearer right in the face, which like, I thought was really cool. Because <laughs> Paul did not see that coming. No. Uh, he then tossed Paul into the ring, and the only thing that I was thinking is that it is a good thing that Paul Bear had black pants on because he probably, you know, soiled himself. <laughs> Especially after all that he'd been put through, or he'd put Taker through. Yeah, and and then the like I said, coolest spot of the match was Paul Bear is up on the apron. He jumps down off the apron. That's right. I said Paul Bear's yeah. big ass jumped down off the apron and hit. The Undertaker over the head with the urn, which led to Vader hitting the Vader bomb and getting the win over the Undertaker. And then Vader and Paul Bearer leave together. So seemingly they're in cahoots here, Glenn. Mm. Yeah, I think it was just... <laughs> I don't actually think that it came to anything. But I'm pretty sure that he does manage uh, Vader for a while. I'm pretty oh, sure does he does, right. for at least a few months. Um, okay. So not a while, but at least a few months. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, another question I got to ask you, Glenn, is Dominic Mysterio and The Undertaker in 1997 have something in common. Do you know what it is? Mm, no. They both got teardrop tattoos. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. After the match, the Undertaker chokeslams the referee. And as you know, Glenn, as a, as a huge referee guy, I do not condone violence against referees, but it happened. No. <laughs> and then he took apart the back of the, the area. And then he yelled at Vince McMahon, which is going to be a running thing that continues on for this show where wrestlers <laughs> are yelling at Vince McMahon. So yeah. <laughs> they're really starting to turn that line of where, you know, Vince just isn't the guy who does commentary anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then we got one more batch of promos uh, for the Royal Rumble. And these were possibly my favorite, too. Definitely the second one is my favorite one of them all. So let's play them. This is where we got a problem. You TV guys always got the cameras where you don't belong. Well, the problem is I'm not talking to anybody until I throw 29 pieces of trash over the top rope and advance to WrestleMania to face the champ so you can take your camera and stick it, son. That's it. Cut. <laughs> Cut. Who's going to win the Royal Rumble? Yeah, the British Bulldog. I've got a history in Royal Rumbles, and tonight I'm going to remake history by winning this night's Royal Rumble tonight because I'm bizarre. <laughs> when did he suddenly become bizarre? He's a walking, talking bulldog, so of course he's <laughs> What's the one history that you possess uh, that can uh, make you win the Royal Rumble? Because I'm bizarre. <laughs> it's right. It drives me mad with Davy. You know, I love I love the guy to pieces. Because you know? I'm bizarre. Oh, I've got a history of the Royal Rumble. Yes, you've got a history of putting picking guys up over your head and then slamming them on the mat, not chucking them out of the ring. That's not a good How many Royal Rumbles? How many Royal Rumbles could he have won? If every time he pressed somebody, he actually threw them out of the ring rather than just Slammed him onto the cap. You would have won the 1995 Royal Rumble for sure, I can tell you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he absolutely would have because he could have just chucked Shawn Michaels out when they were number one and two because he had the opportunity. I remember. Mm. Yeah. Again, <laughs> is that thing? He had him over his head. Oh, I'll slam him onto the, onto the mat. Glenn, do you no. know why he does that? Because I'm bizarre. <laughs> He's bizarre, yeah. I'm gonna make an audio clip of Jim just going, I'm bizarre. bizarre. <laughs> Random times I'm just gonna play it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, as we go along, if we get any daft promos from him. Because no. I remember this time he does cut some daft promos. <laughs> Not that one though, but he's bizarre, which I thought. Yeah. Was uh the next match is uh we got some guys from the triple A organization. I believe it's I, I hope I don't butcher these names, but it's like Kinnick, uh, Hector Garza, Pero Aguayo, Fruiz Guerrera, Heavy Metal, and Jerry Estrada, I believe are the guys' names. I hope, I know I didn't get that, the first one right. The first one, the second team, I definitely didn't get right. Wait, you, you got Heavy Metal right? Well, that's easy. <laughs> uh, I love this match. I love, not for the fact of the match. It was just a generic um, right. At the at the time, it would have been amazing because most people wouldn't have seen a match like it. Right. They wouldn't have seen a Lucha Libre match at all. So, so I actually have it on the Royal Rumble. It would have been amazing. But it was the fact that Jim Ross fighting against Vince McMahon 
because Vince was trying to do his usual commentary, getting totally lost because he hadn't got a clue what was going on. <laughs> and JR was trying to, trying to actually bring a bit of wrestling commentary into it. He didn't have time to say, and then from there, and what a maneuver. No. He didn't have time for that shit. Because <laughs> no. if I thought the last match was slow, this one made up for it. Except for uh, Pedro Aguayo, who looked like he was in quicksand every time he was in the ring. But he yeah, was a bit older. Than the others. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of AAA guys on the on the pre-show, too. I think it was all AAA guys that were on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were trying to just draw in more, more of that AAA, maybe, audience. Yeah, you know, the San Antonio area is what they were trying to do. I mean, this match was fine. I mean, there wasn't anything over the top great, but it was a fun match to watch. It was one of the yeah. better matches that we watched, you know, from from the first part of the show. Um, Glenn, can you tell me which match won? Because I'm which team won? Because I'm still not sure. Um, I have to look it up because I have to okay, make well, all I right. all I made a note of this was it was the Lucha Six or Six Man. I'm pretty sure Paraguayo's team that won. The only reason why I remember Paraguayo is because <laughs> uh, his son Junior uh, he he, he, uh, he passed away in the ring, I believe, didn't he? Oh Junior? yeah, he was the one that. Got, mm. Yeah. But yeah, listening to Vince McMahon try to call this was a lot of fun. There was uh, I went on the yeah. April podcast once. Shout out to Kyle from the April podcast. We reviewed ninety five uh, Survivor Series, and they had like a, a women's Survivor Series match, and they had a bunch of women from Japan. And of course, yeah. Vince had no idea what to do. And literally, he would literally <laughs> just throw it back to Jr. He'd go, Jr. Just you do it, Jr. Go, yeah. All right, Jr. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Blue Demon Jr., Octagon, and Timeless Jr. won, defeated Abismo, Negro, Heavy Metal, and Hysteria. I think you might be looking at the wrong, wrong match, pal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the dark match. I was like, oh, these are weirdly translated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we are. Um, Kanek. Hector Garza and Pedro Aguero. Okay, I got it right then. It was it was the guy moving in quicksand that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it for the the first part of the the 1997 Royal Rumble. Glenn, are you going to do a thumbs down or a thumbs up? You could go thumbs in the middle. I'm, I I think I'm going thumbs in the middle on this one. Um. No, I'm going to go one thumbs up. One thumb up, huh? One thumb up. The Hunter Hearst Elmsy and Gold Dust was a good hard hitting match. Um, for what it was, it was a typical Undertaker match against Vader, with Vader not being that interested. They did the best they could from it. And it's moved the story on with Paul Bearer against the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, you got some decent promos in there. Ahmed Johnson against Farouk wasn't that bad. True. Um, and the Lucha match, technically a very fine match. So, yep, one thumbs up. I think that's fair. I'm going to give it a thumbs in the middle. Maybe I'll change it to a thumbs up when we watch part two, but maybe not. Um, hmm. As me and Glenn have just discussed before we got on air, I think we discussed it before we got on air, or did we discuss it while we were on air? I don't remember. I don't know. Discuss- we're going to watch the 1997 Royal Rumble match on next week's episode. And yes, we just talked about it while okay. we were on air. <laughs> well, just to remind everyone, if you didn't listen to the beginning of the show, which would make no sense that you didn't listen to the beginning, you should go back mm-hmm. and listen to it if you didn't. But anyway, um, <laughs> we're going to watch the 1997 Royal Rumble match and talk about the Sid uh, Shawn Michaels championship match uh, next week. <clears throat> Glenn, you got anything else you need to plug before we get out of here? 
Um, just one thing, for those watch on YouTube, um, the mayor was very kindly got me a birthday card. Now, my birthday is not till May. It's an early birthday card, and this is it. You see that? Oh, yeah. It's uh, um, inside. It is signed by, well, initialed by the Gallus boys. Nice. I don't think I don't think any of them can actually write their whole names. No, I wouldn't fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a Gallus wish you. Gallus wishes you a jolly wally Christmas. For my birthday in May. Thank you very much, man. I, I believe that's from it. Like it had, they, that card was involved on an episode of NXT UK. I think is where he got it from. Ah, right. Yeah, and he wanted on. He got it on eBay. It was a very covert yeah. mission that we found. We figured out how to get in Glenn's address and send it. So thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks to DC Matthews, who was an assistant on that one, or else we wouldn't have been able to get it to you without just straight out saying, "Hey, the mayor got this for you. What's your address?" Which wouldn't have been as fun. No. <laughs> Anyway, uh, check out the new episode of The Mayor of Superstars. Uh, today's Tuesday, so tomorrow's Wednesday. You can listen to the Manic Matches of WrestleMania, which will be out on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, you can check out us doing our thing on YouTube or wherever podcasts have you listen to, and probably on Sports Wire Radio. We're going to review WrestleMania. And then Saturday morning, if you want to find out our picks for NXT uh, TakeOver, or NXT, whatever the fuck they call it, TakeOver, not TakeOver, I don't care. Take it over. We're going to have those up on Saturday morning, too. So it's a busy goddamn week. I just realized before <laughs> I talked to you that I got like 17 things I got to edit. So, ouch. That's okay. <laughs> That's because you did spread out the, uh, the, the silly mania ones a bit more. You should have started them a bit earlier rather than yeah. having them all in the one week. That goddamn procrastination that's been getting me my whole mm. life. <laughs> <laughs> It's been getting me my whole life. Well, <laughs> oh, and of course, we almost forgot. Check out Sportswire Radio. Give our buddy Thomas Price a follow at Thomas Price 2017. Definitely. Um, I definitely check out the Mirror Superstars from last night because it saves me having to go through all the blurb about UTT again. <laughs> yeah, we told every everything that you need to follow, we told you on the Mirror Superstars episode. So go listen to it. <laughs> all right, everybody. <laughs> We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Talk to you many times next week, apparently. Yes. <laughs>